It is officially game week, Robert Stewart. Arkansas versus Cincinnati. It's Monday, August 29th, and that means that the next Saturday on the calendar is September 3rd, which is also the day that Arkansas plays Cincinnati. Week one, Razorback football versus Cincinnati. It's going to be awesome. The atmosphere in Fayetteville is going to be awesome. I walked outside this morning. It smelled like football in the air. I mean, it's this is the best time of the year. Well, if this is the start of the best time of the year, because the best time of the year, I think, is like, you know, that November-ish range. Like, November football, it just hits different. But Arkansas versus Cincinnati this weekend, it's officially game week. We got a lot of content that's going to come out at hogbeat.com this week. Very excited for all of that. Um, but you're listening to the Gridiron Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by Robert Stewart. We are from hogbeat.com. I'm the managing editor. He's a writer over there. And uh, before we get started, I do want to mention we have a great deal going on at hogbeat.com for the start of football season. If you're a new user, you're not already a subscriber and you and you don't have a hogbeat subscription yet, if you're a new user, use the code hogs22, promo code hogs h a w g 22 when you sign up and you can get a full year for $22. That's just incredible. It's literally less than a penny a day. Less than a penny a day for a subscription to your favorite service covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. $22 for a full year when it's normally $100. I mean, that is an incredible deal, Robert. Incredible. It is. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of great things over there. Uh, if you could show some support for the, the hard work that we're doing, that Alex Trader and Jackson Collier and Daniel Fair are doing, uh, it would mean a lot to us. And again, what better time than now with this great deal to subscribe. And not only are you supporting us, but you're also helping yourself by getting all of the great content and the inside content that you can then, you know, share to your friends and say, Hey, I already know this. I knew this. Or you can go to the message board, the trough, where there's a lot of great things going on, a lot of great conversations, some great threads, um, it's really fun over on the trough. A lot of the times we get infi- inside information from the trough that we didn't already know because there's people on the board who can help you provide help provide that to you as well. So uh, $22 for a year, promo code HOGS22. Just visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, and uh, just click on any story and it'll take you to the link. So um, that is what we got going on as far as promos. But Robert... Didn't have a lot happening over the weekend that was available to the media. There was no media availability on Friday. Um, they they had practice on Friday, and then they did a mock game on Saturday where, you know, they got dressed up. They they went through the motions, ran through the A, you know, went through the locker room, all that stuff, and then ran through a couple scenarios like in-game scenarios there at Donald W. Reynolds Raceback Stadium. But none of it was open to the media. There was no press conference, none of that. So we don't have like really any news to provide people with since our last episode. Um, so we're going to have a mailbag Monday today. Are you excited for mailbag Monday, Robert? Of course I am. Why would you not be excited about mailbag Monday? I don't I don't know. If you're not excited, then that's just disappointing. But so um what we have is from the trough over at hogbeat.com. 
we have a mailbag that I did with some of our subscribers. And that's just one of the perks that you get from subscribing to hogbeat.com is that I will answer those questions. Like I've already answered these questions for the subscribers, um, but now we're going to talk about it here on the podcast. And then later on, we're going to talk about our season predictions. We put out a full season prediction story over at hogbeat.com. It's free, completely free. You can go check it out. Um, all of the staff members, myself, Robert, Alex, Jackson, and Daniel, we all went through the schedule, picked every game, and gave a score for every game. And I even did a coin flip for every single game. That was the biggest Razorback news of the weekend, by the way. The coin had Arkansas going six and six. <laughs> as as you might expect. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I had to like reflip it like a lot because I kept flipping it and then it would like fall on the floor and I didn't want to count that and you gotta I catch want- it. I wanted to flip it, catch it, and turn it over on my hand. And so every time I did that perfectly, it counted as one. And so I might have, you know, there's 12 games. I probably flipped it like 27 times. But I had Arkansas going – or the coin had Arkansas going six and six. I think – did it have Arkansas going two and six in the SEC? I don't know. I think it was was three and five. Okay. Anyway, my big big takeaway from what you just said is that you're not a very good coin flipper. I'm not – I never claimed to be a good coin flipper. So, yeah. Okay, um, let's get to this mailbag Monday. Uh, let's see. What lineup schematic on D do you see us running most of the year? 326, 335, 425, et cetera. I said 326 because that's what they've been running most of the time in practice is that three-man front, two linebackers, six defensive backs. But I also could really see them running the 425 with Drew Sanders as an edge rusher because they've also done that quite often. And then you'll have bumper pull and probably Chris Paul. I, I think Chris Paul is going to be that second linebacker, but Jackson Woodard has also mixed in there. Jordan Crook, a true freshman, he could also get in there. But, I mean, we saw it most of the year last year, Robert. They're going to rush three guys, and people think that the reason they do so is because they don't have a lot of talent on the D-line or depth on the D-line. I, I think that's just – Barry Odom prefers that. I don't know. And they also have a ton of talented defensive backs. So would you rather have your talented defensive backs on the field or your talented D-line? I don't know. They're going to mix it up, but I think primarily it's going to be that three-man front. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds about right. It feels like that's that's what we've seen very consistently with, with Barry Odom at the helm, like you said. Um, you know, it, it makes you feel a whole lot better having Jalen Catalan back in that secondary because – uh, as we mentioned one of the, one of the episodes last week, it it his loss was felt when they when they went with that three man run three man front. Uh, the the Ole Miss game comes to mind. Matt Corral just picked them apart after Catalan went down with that injury. Uh, Bryce Young had a field day in Tuscaloosa with with Catalan completely out. So yeah, I mean Jalen coming back, they'll they'll feel a whole lot more confident. Um, he'll he'll be that ball hawk back there and. You know, with with that kind of veteran uh, presence, I I think they'll be fine rushing three. Yeah, I I, I like what you said there. I think without Jalen Catalan back there, and add on the fact that they were still running that three man front, they were getting no pass rush. And so you had these quarterbacks, Matt Corral and Bryce Young and others, who had so much time to just sit back there and throw the ball, and that's why they were so successful because there's no pass rush, and also you don't have a Jalen Catalan on the back end to you know, take care of it if something does go wrong. And so 
Um, <clears throat> I think they'll be a little bit better off there. I think that they're more deep on the D line anyways this year than they were last year. They had those three transfers in Trey Williams, Markel Utzi, and John Ridgeway, but I think this year they have some returning guys. They brought in some transfers as well, Landon Jackson, Jordan Dominic, Terry Hampton, who will play ball, but you also have your returning guys in Isaiah Nichols, Zach Williams, Eric Gregory. Like Those guys are expected to take the next step this season, and that's to be seen, but I think overall they're deeper as of now. And But if they have one, two, three injuries on the D-line, then you're also looking at – you know, this team could be in trouble on the defensive line. So they that's a position that they really, really need to stay healthy at is defensive line. Um, let's see. Give three true freshmen you expect to contribute this year on either defense, offense, or special teams. I'll go first, Robert, because I'm sure you haven't thought about this, and I've already typed out my answer. So I gave one on each side of the ball. <clears throat> For offense, Rashad Dubinion, running back, um, I I like the true freshman wide receivers, Satania, Bakke, and Quincy McAdoo, but I think that Rashad Dubinian, if any freshman on the offensive side of the ball is going to make a huge difference, it's going to be him. You saw them have two true freshmen last year in A.J. Green and Rocket Sanders do really well at running back. I think Rashad Dubinian is that next true freshman running back who can – do something. Um, you still have Rocket Sanders, Dominic Johnson when he's healthy, AJ Green. Those guys are gonna be ahead of him. Dubinia might take over Green. I'm not sure. Um, that's one thing that could happen. Um, but he will he'll run the ball. Um, he might have three or four hundred yards rushing this season. Uh on defense, I said Nico Davier. I think it's Davier. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Nico Davier, he's a he's a D lineman. Sam Pittman has talked him up a lot. Um, I, I picked him because of the defensive freshman, I think he's probably been talked about the most in a positive way. And so that's why I picked him also kind of talked about it. They're going to need help on the D line. Um, Jordan Crook at linebacker is another guy that I really flirted with. I thought I might take him, but I went with Nico because I feel like they've, he's been talked about more than Jordan has. And maybe that's because you have two linebackers ahead of Jordan and bumper pool and Drew Sanders that are no question going to be really good. And on the D-line, there's a little bit more question, more guys that, you know, could get in there. And then special teams, I said Eli Stein. I mean, it's very self-explanatory. He's going to be the long snapper as a true freshman. They brought him in. He's on scholarship. He's the only scholarship long snapper. Um, you've seen with Ar- with Arkansas when they bring in a, a, a scholarship player on special teams, that's because they're going to play. Pittman said that Stein is the long snapper. That's been confirmed. I mean, what else do you want? He's going to he's gonna make an impact because he's going to be that long snapper. So um, Eli Stein is my freshman on special teams. I mean, you could also say Max Fletcher, which uh, that's like the only other true freshman. So I'll probably give that one to you, Robert. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I think just based on what we've heard from Sam Pittman, my, my three answers are – are pretty straightforward. Um, hate to double up like this on you, but uh, as far as defense goes, yeah, it's it's Nico Davier. Um, we we've we've heard a lot of of praise for him. Uh, you mentioned the depth of the D line. It feels like he's right up there with all those other guys. Um, at least to to see the field, you know, from time to time. Maybe not start and you know get fifty snaps a game, but uh, I, I expect he he rotates in you know, at least once or twice 
on, on a few series. Um, on offense, I think it's got to be Isaiah Satania. Um, I don't know, like, again, how many snaps he's going to get, but we've, we've heard a lot of praise for him. We know he's fast. He's a track star. Um, you, you hear all the time about his ball skills. He's a conceptual thinker. Uh, maybe, maybe that was a Loggins term that I'm applying to the wide receivers, but feels like he's really smart and, and has a good grasp of the offense. And then, yeah, special teams, I'll go with Max Fletcher. Um, heard him, heard Sam Pittman, I think, once talk about uh, how how he likes Max Fletcher. He's the, the Aussie, right? He's from Australia. Uh, and his and his brother is, is kicking for uh, for Cincinnati, so maybe he figures in this first week if if they've got family coming from down under. Yeah, that that's going to be cool because that I think the parents are coming to the game, and that's a very long trip, so um, that will be cool. Max Fletcher, I mean Reed Bowers is starting punter, but also we've heard that Max Fletcher just has an incredible leg. So maybe if they're pinned super deep. They just say, hey, Max, go punt it as far as you possibly can. And if that's the case, then I think that that would work out well. Um, I think, I, I mean, if you had to say, I, Max Fletcher might have a, a bigger leg than Reed Bauer. It's just Reed Bauer can make those better punts, like the corner kick, stuff like that. So um, let's get a few more questions in here, and then we'll go into our season predictions. Uh, I think I already mentioned this one, who leads the Hogs in receiving yards this season. Let's not get cute with it. It's Jaden Hazelwood if he's healthy. Matt Landers is probably the next one there. Um, and then Warren Thompson, you know, another candidate. But it's it's got to be Jaden Hazelwood if he's healthy, which as of now, since the last time we talked to Sam Pittman and the last practice we were at, Jaden Hazelwood was not healthy. So that's one thing to think about. Um, but, I, I mean, if healthy, if Jaden Hazelwood's on the field, which is to be expected for this weekend, then he's going to lead the team in receiving yards. Robert, I mean, like, pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, like you said, don't overthink it. It's it's really not that deep. Healthy Jaden Hazelwood, that's that's really all there is to it. Okay, uh, let's go with two or three more here. Which is more of a concern, Cincy or BYU? And we can talk about this more in our season predictions. I said BYU because – they can say all they want that they haven't been doing Cincinnati prep, but they've all been looking at Cincinnati throughout the off season. Like they, they know what to expect from Cincinnati. They know that they're coming BYU. That game's not until later on down the season. It is a road game. Um, so I think that BYU is probably more of a concern as of now because they've been paying attention to Cincinnati for a long time. Right. I think, I think anybody on the team right now will tell you Cincinnati simply because that's the opponent in front of them. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Every, everything else seems to point to BYU, especially the fact that it's a road game. And I mean, when was honestly, when was the last time they played a non-conference road game? Was it Colorado state? Um, That's the nearest one that comes to mind. It might be, that might be it. And And before that, I don't know if I can name it. So yeah, it, it's, it's something new for Arkansas. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll let you answer this one first, Robert. Biggest question mark. Well, um, based on the confidence we heard from Warren Thompson the other day, I don't know if it's the wide receivers. Um, I think, I think it's probably the defensive line just because it's, it's a bunch of unknowns. Um, I mean, it's, that's, that's not a knock on, 
uh, Jashad Stewart, Isaiah Nichols, Eric Gregory, the transfers you mentioned. Um, it's just that we don't know how they're going to fare as starters in the SEC. Um, I, again, it, it's not not really something to overthink. Um, I, I think that's just as, as simple as it gets. Um, while you were answering that question, I looked up the – it was the Colorado State game is the last non-conference road game. And then before that, it was 2016 at TCU. That was the game that Austin Allen ran it in in double overtime. I forgot about that one. That was a gem. Yeah. Um, okay. My biggest question mark was also D-line. Um, cornerback is also another question mark, only because they still haven't figured out who the second starting quarterback it, cornerback is. Um, and that does, you know, come off as a little bit of a question mark because you're going into game week and you don't have your second starter. So um, D-line only because you don't really know how much pressure you're going to get out of them. Uh, I mean, like they added some transfers, but I just don't know how much better they will be this year than they were last year. I think they have the the ability and the talent to be much better, but, you know, we haven't seen it in live action yet. So, And then cornerback is a, a close second for me. Uh, I think corner is a good answer, too, because uh, I have learned since joining Hogbeat that there may be no more controversial player on the team than Hudson Clark. Yeah, Hudson Clark is a very controversial player. It's it's kind of like, here, compare it to this. He is, to Arkansas fans, what Traylon Burks is to Titans fans, I feel like. You have a player who is a, who is good at football, and you have a fan base who does not who does not really like them for some reason. And I get it with Hudson Clark. Look, I, 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 I recognize that he is not a five-star first round draft pick cornerback, but I think that he has improved. And I think that we've talked about that extensively on this podcast. So we're not going to keep going into that. Um, biggest, so biggest question mark and then biggest concern. I think, th- I mean, Biggest concern is definitely just staying healthy. Like we we talked about it. If KJ Jefferson gets hurt, this team, I mean, this team is a KJ Jefferson injury away from going four and eight. Like that's that's just true. And same with some other players like Ricky Stromberg or um I, I let's see, Jalen Catalan. But I think KJ Jefferson is the one guy that if he gets hurt, then the the capability and the ceiling of the team drops significantly. Ricky Stromberg, they can plug. Jalen Catalan, we saw last year. I mean, he went down. They still went eight and four. Um, but staying healthy has to be the biggest concern, right? Yeah, I absolutely think it is. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, KJ Jefferson, like he's. It feels like he's really the heart and soul of this team. They've they put all of their eggs into his basket. Um, again, no knock on Malik Hornsby, but uh, it, it's just such a significant drop off from you know, a returning starter to an unproven one. Okay, let's get into our season predictions. So let's just start off by saying what each member of Hogbeat had the Razorbacks going this season. Um, And this is crazy because none of us talked before. Like, I, I, like, mentioned it to you, but I didn't tell you my games that I was picking as a win or loss or what the score was going to be, any of that. And – you, me, Alex, and Jackson, we all had Arkansas going nine and three. 
You, me, and Alex had Arkansas at five and three in conference play. Jackson had them at six and two in conference play, and then Daniel had them going eleven and one, and seven and one in conference play. I, I mean, like none of us talked about it before, and that's just how it ended up. And of course, the coin had them going six and six and three and five in conference play. So, um, let's we we won't go down the schedule. We both have them beating Cincinnati. The only it's not a person. The coin is the only thing that had Arkansas <laughs> losing to Cincinnati. I can't say they because it's a coin, but um, the coin had Cincinnati beating Arkansas. Everybody else had Arkansas beating Cincinnati. But let's uh, let's talk through your schedule, Robert. What what games did you have Arkansas losing? Yeah, um, it. I mean, the first two may may seem sort of obvious, but the we'll we'll start we'll start with the first loss, Texas A and M. I, I had a thirty one thirty final score. Um, that's really just based off of how that game tends to go. It it feels like it's always close. Um, I guess we can exclude last year from the conversation, but it feels like it's always a shootout too, from from an offensive standpoint. So, uh, sixty points doesn't seem unreasonable to me at all. Um, you know, I've, I hear from a lot of people that Texas A&M may be the most overrated team out there. Um, there is a group chat of media members that Mason and I are in that somebody said they would bet my life that Arkansas beats A&M in that game. But uh, I don't know. It just it things I, I feel like they kind of got lucky last year. Um, I mean, they were good. They, you know, they they won the game for a reason, but like it just doesn't tend to go the hogs way. And I don't know if they can pull it off twice in a row. I, with your schedule, the biggest thing for me was you had Arkansas losing to Auburn. And I don't, I mean, like I get it because of how the Auburn game has gone in the past two seasons. I don't think you realize how bad Auburn's going to be this year. No, I, I know, I know I do. But the thing is like, I, I can't get over the vibes. The, that's the thing is the the AM game and and the Auburn game I picked on vibes alone and and they're both bad well that's I mean that's how season predictions go it's just you go with your heart and I one thing I do want to say is that I think we all all of us other than you Robert had Mississippi State beating Arkansas and I thought that I was going to be like sneaky like Arkansas is going to lose this game to Mississippi State sneaky game I get that, you know, it's like the game after Alabama. So people think that, you know, you're going to have an Alabama hangover. Now that everybody else has picked it, I almost want to like go back and change it and say they're going to beat Mississippi State and go in 10 and 2. And with losses to Texas A&M and Alabama. Those are the losses I have. I have them losing three straight to A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, and then they win every other game. That's what I have. I I think I mean, like, I just – I don't want to be going with the crowd now. Like, I thought that, that I was going to be the only one to pick that one, and now everybody else picked it other than you, of course. Um, but that doesn't count because you picked Auburn to beat Arkansas. So, your your Arkansas over Mississippi State pick, it's it doesn't count. Um, I don't I, know. I bet they split those games regardless. So, they – but they're coming off of the Alabama game at home, you know, probably going to – if if Arkansas has one loss or no losses going into that Alabama game, it's probably going to be – it's going to rival the Texas crowd of last year. Like, it's going to be that big of a of a crowd and a showing at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Win or lose that game, you're going to be coming off of an incredible atmosphere. Um, you're either going to have a, an incredible win 
or a really big letdown, and then you have to travel to Mississippi State and Starkville. You know that atmosphere with the Cowbells. Mississippi State, a, a very veteran team, one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC, and Will Rogers. They got some some transfers on the defensive side of the ball, really improved on defense. And Mississippi State's schedule up until that point is really, really favorable. I think they only play one preseason ranked team up until that point, and it's Texas A&M. Um, and then Arkansas will have played Cincinnati, South Carolina, Alabama, and Texas A&M, and add in Missouri State up to that point. So I think that's why I had it was based off of who plays who before this game. And Arkansas is coming off of Alabama. Mississippi State will be coming off a game against Texas A&M. Um, how good a and is going to be is to be determined, but you know how good Alabama is going to be. And so that's why I had them losing this game to Mississippi State. I had it Mississippi State 38, Arkansas 35. You had Arkansas winning 26 to 24. I mean, you still confident in that one? I am. Um, you know, you can, you can make the argument about schedule leading up to that game and you could you could take the opposite approach. You could say that Arkansas is more seasoned uh, to to take on Mississippi State than than the Bulldogs are to take on the Hawks. Um, I mean, I think about the last two years with that game again. It's it's straight vibes at this point with preseason. Like I wanna I wanna be able to watch a few games before I make better predictions about individual games. But like the last couple of years, think about it. It's been super close. The 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 notorious uh, Hudson Clark picture with it with his arms out a couple years ago and uh, the 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 Mike Leach uh, open tryouts for kickers last year um, I mean those those were two of the better games you know that we've had the pleasure of watching um, the last couple years yeah someone did mention that Sam Pittman has Mike Leach's number and through two seasons that is true so maybe that remains the same maybe it doesn't but one of the one of the games that a lot of people um, are worried about going into this season is Arkansas at BYU on October 15th Um, only one of us had Arkansas losing that game even the coin had Arkansas winning Jackson had BYU beating Arkansas Jackson is a basketball guy so take that with a grain of salt he doesn't really know what he's talking about Um, but as far as this game goes I mean yeah BYU is going to be good but they play Baylor, Oregon, and Notre Dame before this game, and they'll be coming off of the Notre Dame game. And so there's a chance that BYU has three losses going into this game. That is that is possible. And so there's it's also possible that they win all of those games and they're undefeated and they're like the number three team in the country. So um, it is going to be a tough, no matter what BYU's record is going into that game because you're, you're hitting the road. It's a long trip, and uh, but I – I think, you know, I think that's a winnable game for Arkansas. I mean, I had them winning by 18 points in this one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been picking based on vibes. This is one you can't pick based on vibes. Um, we, I, I don't know if Arkansas has ever played BYU. Um, I don't know. It's just like th- this is going to be a good test of is is the SEC truly a superior conference? Can, can a team like Arkansas go a time zone over and beat a ranked team on the road? Yeah, will will BYU be ranked by the time that that matchup happens? Exactly. Um, uh, one thing, if so, I think Arkansas is going to have three losses. If I was to flip the Mississippi State loss, which I think I would at this point, I'd probably either flip it for, 
I'd flip it to a loss against Ole Miss on November 19th in Fayetteville. Because originally I had Arkansas losing that game. Then I flipped it and had them losing to Mississippi State. I would change that back to Ole Miss beating Arkansas now. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think Ole Miss is going to be good. That game, Arkansas, Ole Miss, last year was incredible. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of the same this year. Um, it, we'll have to see how good Ole Miss's quarterback is this season. I think it's Jackson Dart transfer from USC. So um, that's another game that's interesting. But I think nine and three, nine and three seems to be among most people, media members, and everyone else. That seems to be what we think Arkansas is going to have. You have your homers who are saying ten and two, eleven and one. If you're a Daniel Fair, um, and so I don't think they're going to go twelve and zero. Um, I think nine that nine ten win range, maybe eight, anywhere from eight to ten wins. I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I was on the Paul Feinbaum show a couple of weeks ago, and I said seven Good or eight flex, wins. Bro. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I said seven or eight wins seems like it would be a success, but you know, now that I've really considered it, I feel like nine is definitely attainable. I'm not gonna lie, when you said seven, I was like, what is this dude doing? I look, look, you gotta, you gotta keep your expectations low. Okay. That's fair. I said six and six when I went on the Paul Feinbaum show last year. So I said six and six, they went eight and four. I think going into that season though, they were coming off of two, two win seasons and then a three win season. So um, you're coming off of an eight and four season. So I don't know. That's true. Yours was a little more out there. I'll give you that. Okay. There we go. All right. uh, That's going to wrap us up tomorrow. We will talk about takeaways from Sam Pittman. They'll have the depth chart released. Um, we've got a lot to get to tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we'll have a Cincinnati beat writer on the show. So an incredibly exciting week. Go check out that deal at hogbeat.com. $22 for a year if you're a first-time subscriber. So go check it out. Check out our Twitters, all of that good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on Tuesday when we will be four days away from game day. Mm-hmm.